I am fascinated, intrigued, and honored you by may the have done what they said you did, but they are magnificent, marvelous. You need to know that you're okay just the way you are. More succeeded you as a child. What you've been through matters. This podcast is designed for you. It's Love on a mission hope. in a world where human experience is lacking. My name is Ginger Wilk, and we're here to talk about that which matters. Welcome to That Which Matters. We're going to conclude our series on emotions today, and we're going to be talking about happiness, and we're going to be looking into that emotion in particular. If you have not already listened to the other episodes on emotions, please do so. We have one on anger, one on fear, one on sadness, and this one on happiness. There might be some more in the future, but I thought it would be a really important thing to explore those four emotions, at least at the beginning. And so I just want to reiterate that emotions are to be acknowledged and not to be discounted or underestimated. They shouldn't be overestimated either. Remember that emotions are not supposed to be leading our lives because they can be very fickle. They can be fleeting. They can be circumstantial. Uh, we can have many of them in the same day or we can have the same one for many days. We don't know, but they, it does not mean that they should be dismissed just because of that fact. And so I wanted to open with the definition of happiness. The definition of happiness is an enduring state of mind consisting not only with feelings of joy, contentment, or other positive emotions, but also a sense that one's life is meaningful and valued. So that's a pretty jam-packed definition of happiness, right? So we're not just talking about, oh, I have this elated feeling today. I feel good about my life. I feel good about myself. I met my goals or things are great around me. Um, but it also has something to do with a sense that one's life is meaningful and valued. And so we're going to look into that a little bit more. So the first thing that we want to look at is that happiness is about feeling happy and filled with joy. It is that it can be one little thing that might happen that can cause us to feel happy. We could get flowers delivered that were unexpected. We could um, go for a walk and we come back from the walk. It was such a beautiful day and we smelled the flowers and we just felt really, really good. Like today was going to hold a, a beautiful set of circumstances. Like you could just feel it. Or it could be that you got asked out on this date or that you delivered your first child or um, you know, you saw a bird at the bird feeder outside that you've never seen before. It can be so many different things that can just bring this sense of joy. And it's, it's something that we need to be aware of how many times through the course of the day or the week that we can actually put a label on certain things and say, that's a feeling of happiness right there. It's also about feeling fulfilled. It's about us realizing that we have a satisfaction of soul. And I remember saying um, a long, long time ago um, that that scripture or prayer, really, God, satisfy my soul, is so impactful when you think about that because God is the one that knows how to satisfy our soul. We don't even know what that looks like. If God were to say, please draw a picture of what your soul being satisfied would look like, 
you might be able to draw some things, but I think it would stump a lot of us to have a complete picture because we don't even know ourselves enough to know what truly would bring satisfaction. So a lot of those things would take us by surprise and God knows us better than we know ourselves. Um, also seeing that our lives are meaningful and that's a loaded sentence right there because what we think is meaningful is not necessarily what is meaningful entirely. We may assign that to something that's a lot more complicated than what it's meant to be. And also seeing that our life is valued, valued by others, valued by ourselves, valued by our experiences. And so the important thing in seeing that our life is meaningful or seeing that our life is valued, the important word there is seeing. Seeing is an important term because it's how we see something that can be more important than the reality. Perception is everything. How we see our lives, how we see our impact, how we see our value, if that's off, then it doesn't matter how much we are impacting others, how much we are being valued by others, how much we do do on a regular basis or experience that could bring joy. If we're seeing it and it's distorted, then it's going to throw the whole thing off. We're still going to experience a sense of sadness or maybe some other negative emotions if we don't really see ourselves the way God sees us, if we don't see ourselves the way other people see us, really. Because many times there are a lot of self-haters that just the view of themselves is really off. And that's something that needs to be fixed. We need to get 2020 vision. We need to be able to see the way God sees. And he will certainly allow us to do that. So it's important to know that happiness can be circumstantial. It can be fleeting and fickle. And it can also be marvelous when we have it and when we feel it. So we don't want to put a lot of weight on happiness to say, you know, what do you want in life? All I want is to be happy. Don't wish that because that's just a fleeting, circumstantial, fickle thing that can be marvelous at times, right? You have to put happiness where it belongs. It's not just about that. If the only goal you have is to be happy, then you're going to not achieve that goal because there will be days when you won't be happy. There will be moments that you won't be happy. There will be times when the way you feel about yourself and your circumstances is not going to be this, you know, like happy-go-lucky moment. It's just not. That's just the reality of it. So if you say all I want is to be happy, I think you need to define that a little bit more in the aspect that has to do with being meaningful and so forth. So what brings happiness? Let's talk about that. On a short-term basis, there are some things that can actually bring some very pleasant emotions in our lives. Like, for instance, humor, comedy, good conversation with laughter. In the Proverbs, it says that laughter is the best medicine. And so when we're, and I know when you're in this real funk, right, like you're definitely not in a place where you really feel like you're going to be doing a lot of laughing, but you actually can do some laughing. When you're in a state of grief, there can be laughter that comes, and it's very, very therapeutic. Um, one of the things that I've learned over time with working with people that um, have gone through some really difficult times, hearing stories about different types of abuse, you know, having to sit in rooms and plan funerals for people, for their young children, or 
just to be really exposed to a lot of heavy stuff on a regular basis, I've learned to bring comedy into my life. And so I, I remember just putting on a, um, um, a Pandora station um, with some clean comedians because I definitely don't want something that's going to be raunchy or, you know, racist or, you know, negative or whatever, but some clean comedians. And um, I would listen to that on my way home from work certain nights when I would have the real long, long days, the heavy days, and I would listen to comedy and just laugh and laugh and laugh and laugh the whole way home, all by myself in the car, in the pitch black, just laughing because I needed it so much. And so I really want to encourage all of you to try to, you know, watch a funny clip, you know, again, something that's not going to lead you down a rabbit trail of other emotions, but something that's really going to just have a purity to it. Whatever is good, whatever is honorable, whatever is pure, think on these things. So with comedy, let it be something that's very pure. And being around people that can have you laugh, even when you're in the middle of a breakup or you're in the middle of, you know, dealing with a death of somebody, like to be able to have those moments are just so precious. Another thing is, and it sounds funny, but a tasty meal or a dessert, right? Something food related goes a long way. Again, I'm not talking about, all right, you know, now start overeating or whatever, but food brings a lot of joy to people's lives. I mean, for somebody after working a long week and feeling like they can't seem to pay the bills, but to be able to go out and have that lobster tail or have those wings or, you know, to have a good, you know, batch of macaroni and cheese or a good piece of cheesecake or something like that. Like food brings joy. And that's why Jesus, when he would be around people, he always made sure that for the most part that there was food there because he knew that food ministered to people. It wasn't meant to be an addiction. It wasn't meant to be something that was overly emphasized. But, you know, not only did he want people to be well fed, but he knew that the conversation, the fellowship and the community that resulted around the dinner table was very, very important. And that's why he emphasized that. I mean, you know, we could think, oh, geez, you know, he could be like, I'm the God of the universe. Like, you guys are just going to have to fast. Like, just sit there for three days and listen to me because I'm God in the flesh. And that's what we're going to do. But he didn't do that because he knew how important it was to bring people together. Also, music and entertainment. Please don't ever underestimate the power of music. When God created music, it was created for a purpose. And I know that there's all types of music. There's a lot of criticism against the wrong types of music that can influence people in you know negative behaviors and all of that is true because music is used as an expression so there's definitely some music that can be a real downer it can bring us down in our sadness it can bring us up in our anger it can cause behavior to be influenced it can cause us to go in a direction away from god but also music is extremely powerful because it's it's has the ability to first of all to bring people together that would never be together anyway, like they would never have conversation, but they can come together to experience music. But it can be a mood um, booster um, in a lot of ways. I mean, I have a playlist on Spotify that I call Happy Songs, and I've got like probably 70 of them now. Now I've got to go through and edit them down and say, you know what, I got to just 
get it to the bare minimum ones because my playlist is way too long or I have to break them up into different categories. And the truth is, is because I love to be able to have a playlist that when I'm driving along or I'm at home or I'm cleaning or something like that, every song that comes on is a song that makes me happy. You know, it could just be, you know, um, smile by, I think crackers, the one who, who wrote that song or sings that song or whatever, but like a song like that, that just doesn't, again, it doesn't bring me in this spiral or it doesn't make me think about, you know, how I was overlooked when I was in junior high school or the breakup that I had when I was 16, but something that just brings you to a place of pure joy. Music can definitely do that. Not to mention praise music, right? Which is bringing us closer to God and which literally can overturn the spiritual heaviness that comes along with sadness and depression. When we want to be happy, praise is a way to do it. Music is the way to do it. Also exercise and fresh air. We talked about that a little bit in the last episode. I can't emphasize that enough. When you go out for a walk, you're not just moving your body. You're not just pumping your blood. You're not just getting those positive like, um, endomorphins, but also too, you're experiencing the sun. You're experiencing the sounds of whether it's the water that's near you or the birds that are singing or, um, you know, just the nature that's around you. Um, you're able to experience those things and you're able to smell the fresh air and all of that can really help to boost your mood and cause you to become a happier person. So those are just some small, but significant things that can help to bring you into a place of happiness. But on a long-term basis, there are some things that you need to kind of look at that are going to take, you know, longer than these small boosts. And one of them is being inspired by others. Inspiration is a really big way that we can bring happiness into our lives. Um, For instance, when you hear stories about those that have inspired others in their lives, like true stories about people. I think about the movie Rudy. Um, Rudy was um, a football, well, he was a football player at Notre Dame, but I encourage you to watch this movie. It's from a long time ago, I think the 80s it came out, and he is now a motivational speaker. But when you watch the movie, you watch a student who worked his butt off to try to get into Notre Dame because that was his school of choice. He loved the football team and he wanted to prove to himself that he could do it. And he tried and tried and failed and failed. And I'm not going to tell you all the rest of the story, but it's a perfect movie that if you watch it, it will bring you out of a place of sadness into a place of happiness because what it will do is inspire you to understand that no matter what your situation is, that there's hope. There's hope to be able to get to another place despite all of the limitations. And there were a lot of them with Rudy. And I remember also, um, attending a seminar years ago where these speakers spoke about how she learned over time, um, instead of looking at all the headlines of everything on the news, that's negative, And we know there's a lot of it, right. But she actually would she still gets a newspaper to this day and she would go through the newspaper and she would look through the middle of the newspaper to the back, wherever she had to go in that newspaper. And she called it shopping for joy because she said that in the middle of all of the bad stuff that was happening, if you look hard enough, you can find joy within these newspapers or within 
even the internet and the in the news um uh, pieces that come out about, you know, a, a woman who lived to 110 years old and, um, and how she had a birthday party and the, the wisdom that she brought forth or the firefighter that rescued three children, you know, coming out of a burning building and nobody died. Um, or, you know, a young child who's, you know, knitting or, you know, crocheting things so that they can be sent to another country that's dealing with war or famine or whatever the case may be. If you go and you look, you can find things. And when you do that, that's going to bring inspiration. That's going to remind you of the fact that you and I were created to inspire we were created to do things outside of ourselves and that it's not just about us. It's not just about our circumstances. And that's going to bring us into a place of happiness. Feeling fulfilled, and I can't emphasize this enough, you are not going to be completely fulfilled in your career. Okay, I'm going to say that again. You're not going to be completely fulfilled in your career. Does that mean that you chose the wrong career? Absolutely not. What it means is that you and I are complicated individuals. We are multifaceted individuals. And we were not created to just be plopped somewhere for 40 hours a week and to have that one thing completely satisfy our soul. That would be cruel if that were the case. And that would mean that prior to getting that career and once you retire from that career that there's no more fulfillment in your entire life because that career is over and there are many of you that are listening right now and you have a good career you're successful you have clout you have money you have a retirement plan but you are not satisfied even even 50 percent of the way you know you're staying because of x y and z but i want you to know that the fulfillment that god wants you to have is out there. It's just not going to be something you're going to extract completely from that career. And so you need to look deeper and you need to look at the whole person that you are. We've not just been created to just do one task or to have one job description. There are other aspects. And so when we express our gifts, when we express our talents, when we use our skills, when we see ourselves as a person that has growth and expression and uniqueness, that's where we're going to get our fulfillment. And so a lot of times we just get um, tapped out of trying to find fulfillment in whatever our reality is right now. And the truth is, is that as you move out of that and you move into doing other things, you move into using that creative side of yourself or tapping into some of the things that you haven't done. Maybe you're a photographer. Maybe you need to pick up that camera. You need to go and take a trip and take photos and get inspired. And you can do that on a week's vacation from the job that you're in. Or, you know, maybe you're somebody who loves to bake or, you know, you, you know, in my situation, I, I love to do plays. I love to have creative things going on as it pertains to the arts and the performing arts. I'm not just a counselor. I'm not just someone in the social service field. I have a creative side to me. And if I neglect that part of me, I'm not going to be completely fulfilled. And so it's important that these are longer term things, right? We're looking for longer term happiness. We don't just want, oh, I'm happy because I had flowers delivered to me or I'm happy because I got an extra check in the mail. That's all good. But we're looking for happiness that's going to be more long term. Having meaning and purpose, right? So, and, and I want to tell you, Mother Teresa was a very 
inspirational person to me. I have recently read some of her books. I've always been fascinated by Mother Teresa. And to me, I feel like she's a person who can truly speak about success, about happiness, um, about humanity. Why? Was it because she made millions of dollars or because she was on you know, the cover of this magazine or that magazine. No, it's because she was right there with people on a regular basis. She lived her life with people. She was an expert on people. She also knew a lot about God too, but she was an expert on people. And what she said is not all of us can do great things, but we can do small things with great love. And so I think a lot of times we just get caught up in the fact that We don't feel fulfilled or we don't feel significant because whatever we're doing or the things we want to do are just not big enough for us. And that's a sad thing, isn't it? When things aren't big enough for us. So you know what? We won't do them then. And the truth of the matter is, is that it's not, they don't have to be great or big. They can be small, but done with much love because at the end of the day, it's measured by the people that we impact and the way that we impact them. And, and, and the way God looks at it is, if we're impacting people that other people are ignoring, then that's massive to God. It's, it can be easy to impact X, Y, and Z while there's a camera on or while other people are looking at you, or you can feature it in your magazine or whatever the case may be. But when you impact somebody that no one else is even paying attention to, um, to God, that's massive. And also that has a lot of fulfillment to it. And I remember, um, you know, Mother Teresa talking about, you know, meaning and purpose. And she talked about the fact that with her home for the dying and the homeless and stuff that she had in Calcutta, that her strategy would be when some of the women or men would come to this home, if they weren't so sick that they were like in the, I guess the, the area where the dying were, if they weren't that sick, but if they were there because they were homeless or they were hungry or whatever the case may be, immediately upon them coming in, she would put them to work. She wouldn't just say, okay, here's your little mattress over here, or here's your little cot in the corner and your locker, you know, have a good day, you know, dinners at this time. That's not what she did. She didn't treat them as guests. She treated them as a part of the family and organization that was there. So they would come in. Yeah, she'd give them a place to sleep, but then she'd get them involved. They would hold the hand of somebody who was dying or they would attend to the needs of somebody who was super sick um, because she knew that their fulfillment in coming in there wasn't just about having bread and having water. It was about having purpose. And so that's what her strategy would be. Having meaning and purpose is so critical And what it means is that beyond what we do for a living, beyond what's assigned to us, feeling like our life has purpose. And there's so many ways that we can have that happen. Being a part of a community and a family and a partnership of people that love you, we need to be loved. We need to be loved. And I know sometimes it's hard to find that. I know many people have been pushed aside by their family or They've been in situations where, you know, they have been rejected by partners or husbands or wives or boyfriends or girlfriends or whatever the case may be. Um, But that doesn't mean that love isn't out there, right? There's love in friendship. There's love in community. um, There's love that's in the atmosphere. And that, that is so critical that not only that we receive it, but that we also give it, that we also have people in our lives that we care about and that we sow into. 
And so it's critical that we find that, that we don't, don't ever stop seeking a community and seeking that love and go into that place of isolation because ultimately that's where happiness is going to come in, that we have touched other people's lives, that we've been loved, right? That's an amazing testimony to have at the end of your life, that you've been loved and that you've loved, right? Even if it's just in a friendship or in a community around you. The other thing that I think is important in finding happiness is the reality of sowing and reaping, the concept of sowing and reaping. And why that's important is because a lot of people get very down and out because they've spent a lot of time sowing into something and they haven't seen the harvest that they thought that they would get. Like, for instance, if you were in a relationship and you loved that person, loved them, loved them, loved them, loved them, and then it came to an end and you didn't see that relationship flourish to a place where you became lifetime partners, does that mean that that love was wasted? Absolutely not. The Bible says that love never fails. So what that means is all that love that you put into that person is not wasted on them. Loving a person is like seeds that are planted into their lives. They love you. It's planted into your life. And the harvest might be with somebody else down the road. But seeds are very critical that we continue to plant them. Or maybe you plant it into a certain project and that didn't come to fruition. Maybe you plant it into a ministry and that was overturned by the circumstances. Um, maybe you started a company or you had something that looks like it was a failure or looks like it didn't come to fruition and that has brought the sadness upon you and you're having a hard time getting happiness going in your life, life because of the fact that you're dealing with that situation. And the Bible says that as long as the earth remains cold and heat, summer and winter, and seed time and harvest will never cease. So what that means is that what you sow into, there will be a harvest. And that is not even a promise. That is a principle in the word of God. Just like we know right now, there's ice outside. When I'm recording this right now, there's ice on my car. There's ice on the meter. But I will be here six months from now and there will be birds chirping and there will be things coming out of the earth because it will be spring. And I don't have to pretend like that's not going to happen. I don't have to lament spring because all I have to do is recognize it's a principle. Today it's winter. In six months it'll be spring. Today you're sowing into things. In six months or two months or two years or whatever the case may be, there will be a harvest. And so that's what you have to tell yourself to get into a place of happiness. My life matters. My life is going to have meaning. There will be a harvest that will come from what I have been planting in, but it may look a heck of a lot different than what I thought it was going to look like. I might have thought it was going to be a prune tree, but it's going to be an apple tree. But at the end of the day, those seeds are going to produce. And so it's real important that you have that and also that you have an eternal purpose, that we're not just existing in this vacuum. We're not just living on the earth and then that's it. That what we're doing is impacting the earth, impacting people right now, but also we have an eternal purpose. There are things that we're doing that are sowing into the eternal. And we need to be able to meditate on that, to know 
And happiness is going to be beyond this earth. It's going to be beyond what we're feeling right now in our present lives. And that's something that we need to meditate on, right? That's something that's going to bring us to a place of happiness. And so one of the scriptures I want to share is the Lord will guide you always. This is Isaiah 58 and 11. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. So just let's think about that. The Lord will guide us always and will satisfy our needs in a sun-scorched land. That means that no matter how sun-scorched your life seems right now, God is going to satisfy that. He has enough hydration to be able to be poured over your existence right now and to bring you that joy that is there. And also Psalm 40 and 3, it says, He puts a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to my God. There is a song that comes out of happiness and out of joy. And I do want to mention that joy, by the way, is a fruit of the Spirit. That's something that God will just give us, and that's not happiness. Joy goes deeper than happiness. It's not circumstantial. And the Bible says that that joy of the Lord is our strength. So we don't want to just seek happiness. We want to seek joy. But singing, praising, that song that God is going to put in our mouth, you know, sometimes you just walk and you're just singing a song. Allow that to happen on a regular basis because you can sing yourself out of a funk. That's what the slaves did years and years ago. That's what um, the, the slaves in Israel did when they were held captive by um, the Roman government and they were being told, sing, play your instrument, you know, give us some music. We hear that you guys are great musicians. And they were like, how can we sing in a foreign land? How can we do this? But the truth of the matter is, is that as they would begin to sing, it would bring freedom. And so joy, music, God's eternal purpose, meaning, value, all of this fulfillment is going to be the thing that's going to sustain happiness in your life. You can have it, you can sustain it, you can enjoy it, and you can know that the God of the universe wants you to have it. Thanks for listening. In collaboration with IML Productions, this has been your host, Ginger Wilk, with That Which Matters. Thank you for listening.